Welcome to the wonderful world of dance, bringing you exclusive interviews with top dancers and choreographers and reviews of the world's best companies across the globe. You can find lots more on our website at thewonderfulworldofdance.com. Hi, this is Savannah Saunders from The Wonderful World of Dance, and today I am super thrilled to be speaking with Royal Ballet first soloist, Beatrice Stix-Brunel, ahead of World Ballet Day on 2nd of October. Now, I have to say, can't wait for World Ballet Day. We're so looking forward to watching over 20 hours of live behind-the-scenes footage from five of the top ballet companies, including, of course, the Royal Ballet, the Bolshoi, the Australian Ballet, and many other guest companies. So, hi, Beatrice. It's so lovely to have you on the show. Hi, Savannah. Thank you so much for having me. So... World Ballet Day is only a couple of days away. So first of all, tell us about how you're involved. So for our World Ballet Day, we will be doing um, our class, which we've been uh, a part of ever since the very first World Ballet Day. We've always done our daily ballet class, um, taught by a different teacher um, each time. And uh, I will be part of a live interview, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, And then throughout the rest of the day, you'll see kind of what we do on a daily basis. So I think there will be um, a a lot of different rehearsals uh, for us throughout the day. Uh, And it's going to be rep that we'll be performing on our main stage, both our main stage and our new beautiful uh, up and up and coming Linbury Theater was yeah. completely redone uh, and it's absolutely amazing. Um, so you'll see some of the pieces that will be uh, performed there in I think January and February. So that should be super exciting. That was definitely exciting. I think there's, you know, everyone is waiting to. Uh, catch a performance in the new space. You mentioned the the sort of typical day at the Opera House. Tell us about your typical day with the Royal Ballet. So our typical day usually starts classes at 10.30 in the morning, um, but I usually get there early so I can do a bit of warm-up and maybe a bit of gyrotonic um, before class to get my, my body kind of rolling and to get my day started on the right foot. And then, um, so we have our company class from 10.30 to 11.45. And that's kind of, uh, as you'll see on World Ballet Day, that's our daily ritual. That's a daily, a dance's daily routine. And it's kind of not just a physical prep for our day, but it's also the, the mental prep as well. So, you know, you can wake up feeling really, really good and feel quite good in class. Or you can wake up feeling really sore and mm. not things are not things are not going as well as you as as you'd hoped. But class is there specifically to kind of refocus your body and get it uh, really nice and warm for a difficult day of rehearsal. So we usually have that from ten thirty to eleven forty five, and then on a day where we don't have a show, we'll be rehearsing from twelve until six thirty, and we can be depending on. Uh, on the rep, we can be rehearsing, you know, four different ballets in a day. Wow. Um, completely different ballets. You know, it can be Ashton, it can be McMillan, it can be McGregor, Wielden, Scarlet. I mean, you name it. And we'll be kind of transferring from one uh, one style of dance to another throughout the day, which is, you know, why class is so important so that it gets your body ready for anything that gets thrown at you. 
Um, and then if we have a performance, we finish rehearsal at 5.30. So we have a bit of a break, time to regroup and have something to eat, do hair and makeup, and re-warm up for a 7.30 show. That is a... And then all through... It, yeah, it's, it's quite a busy schedule. And then all throughout the day, I mean, you'll usually find people, if they have a break here and there, they'll usually be either in the Pilates studio or in the gym or getting some physio or any any treatment they need done. So we're usually quite busy. You mentioned there, um, you know, the times when you wake up and your body's sore, obviously these very long days, long weeks, um, as much as you love it, you, as you say, the the body can get sore. How do you yes. stay motivated on those days where you wake up and things aren't going right or your body's feeling a little bit um, resistant perhaps? Yeah, resistance quite, is, is quite a good word actually because, you know, it's, uh, if your body's feeling sore or, or, or exhausted, it, it will literally, it will resist you. You can think, all right, I'm going to try to, you know, get this leg here and it's not going to go. So on those days, I mean, I think it's really important to be, uh, just accepting of how you're, of the state of your body and not fight it, you know, not get upset or frustrated when, um, when things aren't going 100%. Um, but I think the, you know, motivation wise, you know that right, right when you walk into, in, into work, you know, and right when, when I walk into that opera house, the, my day is going to be packed with really exciting, um, exciting things. You know, it can be a new work. It can be, uh, you know, revisiting a role that I'm trying to, um, that I'm trying to kind of, you know, change in different ways, or mm -hmm. it can be um, not a new work, but a new role that I'm tackling. So regardless of how my body's feeling, I know that when I get into the studio, I will be fulfilled in some respect, even if it's not, you know, even if my, my body is not 100% mentally, you know, you're, you're, it's, it's exciting. The challenge is exciting. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's the main motivation. And you know that as soon as you get going, regardless of, of, of whether you feel um, great or not in the morning, once you get going and once you get into that routine, the body just starts rolling and then and you, you, know, you, fall, you fall into place. You also mentioned uh, the different choreographers um, that you can either work with or the, their work that you will be rehearsing throughout the day and how, yeah. of course, they're all very different. Um, they're yes. also very incredible artists themselves, of course. But for your body and for you mentally, you know, having to rehearse you know, such a wide rep in one day, how, how does that feel on the body and how does that feel sort of mentally and emotionally sort of transitioning up, you know, between those different works and those different roles? Yeah, that's a great question, actually. So um, I think physically in order for, for your body to be prepared to switch from, uh, you know, going from something like Swan Lake, which when you're in a tutu, to then going to, um, I don't know, a ballet like Untouchables by Hoffa Schechter, mm. which is in socks, you know, which is, that's exactly the type of day that we would have. Um, for, for the body to, to just kind of, remain at its peak performance ability and to handle the stresses that, uh, you know, that, that kind of come with, with any choreographic shift or, or, um, and it's shifting from one extreme to another. That's where all of us are, um, very tuned into our healthcare suite. Mm -hmm. and that's, 
you know, the cross training aspect of things, which is what, you know, whether you do gyrotonics or Pilates or gym work, because when you're dancing all day, you're obviously working your body out. However, there are a lot of little muscles that start to get neglected. And those are exactly the muscles that will go or that will, you know, get strained or could get injured if they're not um, as strong as they as they can be. So that's where you have to kind of maintain your fitness, your all-around fitness, just so that, you know, you're ready to do an extreme arabesque or an extreme leg kick or an extreme back bend in one ballet and then have to kind of switch it up and be a lot more placed and a lot more squared and, and you know, have your core ready to kind of to act on, on anything. So that's where we're all, um, we have incredible facilities at the Opera House. Uh, which you can see a lot of uh, of our dancers show on their you know social media accounts. You can see um, what an amazing team that we have to help us kind of stay fit for for anything. Um, so that's the physical aspect of it. The mental aspect of it, obviously, changing from you know from a huge percussive uh, Middle Eastern score, for example, from Hofesh to then changing to uh, you know, a violin and piano in something like Swam Lake, that's just fulfilling in itself to hear um, melodically. I mean, as a dancer, you know, you, you, you go from one surround sound system, you know, when you're kind of rolling around on the floor and getting very grounded. Mm. And then you get the opportunity to put a tutu on and then go to a, and a point shoe and go to a completely different level in your head and in your body. And that in itself is just, uh, is, is, kind of what you dance for really and i guess that's what all of your you know years of training as you as you say exactly. and also that, that physical health care and the, the emotional health care which is far more prevalent these days in the dance industry particularly companies like the royal ballet taking sort of a yeah. holistic approach to looking after dancers yeah, um absolutely and, but you've you've had you know quite a um a solid base of, of training of course to get you to the royal ballet i mean thinking Looking back into your own career and your own journey, you started at the American Ballet School, um, but also trained with the Paris Opera Ballet School. Um, I did. Tell us about those experiences and sort of how that have helped shape you as a dancer. So, um, so I started. Well, first of all, I I, I started in a lot of sports actually because um, I have an older brother and I have a lot of male cousins, so I was kind of a tomboy and did all the sports that they did, you know, whether it was gymnastics, diving, tennis. Um, and then uh, that was the one that really uh, stuck for me mm -hmm. because it was, um, it, it came from, I mean, gymnastics, the, the teacher said, you know, that I should try a ballet class uh, to, to help along with gymnastics. And then ballet, really, uh, I just loved the fact that the movement was um, accompanied by by beautiful music. So that really combined two wonderful things for me, movement and music. And um, so I started at the School of American Ballet for um, for five years. And um, that's where I started uh, performing in all of the children's ballets with New York City Ballet, um, all of Balanchine's children's ballets. Um, so I was on stage uh, at a very young age and that's where I kind of found my home really with mm -hmm. being on stage. That was my place of total happiness. And, um, and I think having that experience uh, when you're young is also 
a really wonderful thing because you, you you start to feel comfortable and it's not a, it it doesn't feel like a big um, a, a big worry or a big scare because you're constantly on stage and performing for a large audience and um, you know I remember one of the first ballets that I did was Harlequinade and um, I had this beautiful beautiful costume on by um, by Karinska and I had a feather in my hair and <laughs> that curtain went up and you know I felt this amazing breeze come out from the audience and that's just you know when I think back about you know my training and stuff it, to now it's like that's the you get the same feeling whether you're seven years old or whether you know you're 25 like I am now mm. I get that same feeling when the curtain goes up and I think that's a really special thing you know because that journey just you've had the journey and that's journey is just going to keep on going until you know until you stop so um so that was where I found my my complete passion and love for performance um and then I decided to um to kind of change it up and and I auditioned for Paris Opera Ballet School um and I was really intrigued by dance in, in Europe and um and I had a wonderful wonderful experience there I totally um i i i loved i i loved the 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 whole system the the school was wonderful i had a great teacher um elizabeth morin who had just retired um as an etoile so we were mm. her first class we were her first class um and you know it was a big deal i was i was quite, i was 12 years old and i had didn't speak a word of french wow that year brought me so many wonderful things that didn't just involve dance, you know, brought me a new language, a new culture, and um, a lot of wonderful friendships as well, because, you know, you're with each other, uh, you're with each other, you know, all the time uh, in in the school. And um, I got to perform there with, with the company. I got to perform uh, by there with Paris Opera Ballet. And then we had our uh, performances, our school performances, where I did a, a, a beautiful ballet, an, an old, old ballet by um, Serge Lefar called Entre Deux Rondes, where we were kind of dressed up as Degas dancers. And I had, again, you know, this, this beautiful, beautiful light yellow um, silk uh, bodice with a beautiful tutu and a little white, a little black neck choker. And uh -huh. I just felt like I was in a, a completely different world. You know, we were all supposed to be museum uh, in a in the Louvre Museum and um, all those experiences, you know, performing at the at, at the Opera Garnier was unbelievable. And so that whole uh, that that whole year brought me again another layer of uh, of a different world to my my dance education, um, which really excited me. So I, I took away a lot of wonderful things from that. Um it's interesting because um, you know making such a move at twelve um, to the other side of you know, other yeah. side of the world, you know, new language, new school, new culture, um, really sort of led you almost to Europe by the sounds of it. I mean, you went back home after your time with the Paris Opera Ballet School. Is that right? I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. And you trained with Fabrice. I did. Yeah, that's correct. So um, after that, um, so. If I was going to stay, I was going to have to stay alone without any family mm. because they had to go back to the States. And um, and I was really young and, and I, I didn't want to stay, you know, alone. Yeah. Um, 
because it's, you know, quite far away from home. Very and young. That, I also, yeah. It's very young. Yeah. And I was also missing my um, academics have always been a really uh, important part of my life and, mm -hmm. and in my, my family. So mm -hmm. I was missing the academic rigor that um, that I was getting from my, my regular academic school at home. So um, so I kind of, I came back to my academic school and, you know, all my friends there. And then I would train, continue with my French training with Fabrice Herald um, in the afternoon. So it was a really, it was a really good balance for me. And then you ended up uh, joining the Royal Ballet. What inspired you to obviously, you know, move again to, to London, but to, to join the Royal Ballet, aside from it obviously being, you know, one of the you know, top ballet companies in the world. But was there anything particularly special that drew you to the company? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, my old teacher, Fabrice, had an incredible dance film collection. And he began showing me all of these, um, these older videos of the Royal Ballet. And I remember seeing a video with Anthony Dowell, for example, um, which completely captivated me. I mean, completely captivated me. And the quality of the dancing was was just phenomenal. Um, and even though he's, you know, he's he's a he's a man, and mm. uh, that's still just, you know, even though he he that that was the first case that I got of the Royal Ballet, and that um, I was I was completely blown away. And I knew that that was the type that was the standard of of, of dance and the 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 quality and the history that I wanted for my my professional life. Um, so my my journey to the Royal Ballet actually was um, before I joined the company. I uh, w worked with Christopher Wielden. Yeah. Um, I joined his company when I was fourteen. Um, and very, that's very young, isn't it? Really. <laughs> yeah, that was quite young. Yeah. yeah. I, um, it was it was young, but it was also a, a really wonderful way of, um, you know, I got to meet all of these incredible principals from all over the world, two of which were actually Edward Watson and mm -hmm. Liam Benjamin, wow. who when I joined the company, you know, they became my colleagues and they, it was like coming home almost to mm. them because it was, you know, that was a wonderful thing. Um, but, you know, all these principals from around the world and, um, and also working, kind of adapting to new choreography uh, being created on by Christopher Wielden and, um, a, and experiencing, you know, obviously it wasn't a big company, but it was company life because we would tour and we would travel and, um, and they would, they really took care of me. All the dancers really took care of me wonderfully. Uh, and, and that was, that was a great feeling. You know, I already had that feeling of community. And I remember we came on tour to, uh, to London. We were performing at Sadler's Wells. And uh, Leanne Benjamin um, took me uh, to take class at the Royal Ballet, to take company class. And I remember, I mean, I remember that class as if it were yesterday. Really? You know, I remember, yeah, I remember walking in um, to the studio, to the beautiful studio, you know, which mm. is our Ashton studio. Well, all of our studios are beautiful, but the Ashton studio is, uh, is, I think one of everyone's favorites because it has that, you know, a beautiful skylight and mm -hmm. um, the class was packed, 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 packed with, you know, people who I obviously were complete strangers to me, but everyone was, even then, you know, I was, you know, at that point I was 15. They were so welcoming. They were so warm, so lovely. 
And um, I remember uh, Monica Mason was was in the corner uh, of, you know, watching class from mm-hmm. outside just because she had been passing through. And, and I just remember being completely blown away, not only by the beauty of the facilities, but the the nature of the company, really. And um, and I knew I knew that that this was where I wanted to be, no question. Um, so so yeah, that was that was just a wonderful experience there. It sounds like you know you found your your family, but it must have been. Were, were you nervous or intimidated? Um, sort of you know walking into this you know the Royal Ballet Company class at the age of fifteen. Oh yeah, I mean it's a it's. You know, you don't know what to expect. Really. Mm. It was, it was, um, it's like that. You know, any any time when you're that young and and you take a uh, a class with a company of such high esteem, and mm. you know, walking into a into a room, it can be very very intimidating. But what was so wonderful was that I, um, the second you know, the second you start talking to people and you see what everyone is is about, it. It made it so it it was felt very natural, very very natural because of the uh, the the sense between all the dancers, and that's an important thing, you know, when you're when you're in a company is that that camaraderie and that atmosphere, that environment, um, you know, that that you feel that you feel welcome every day, and that's what I that's what I noticed uh, from the company. It's, which is so lovely to hear with such authenticity about this, you know, wonderful, warm, welcome and family-like and, you know, caring environment because often that's quite different to what, you know, sort of, um, you know, shows sort of, you know, perpetrate this myth of, you know, all this constant, you know, in the studio um, fighting and infighting and all right. the rest of it. Right, right, right. <laughs> which is, and- you know... Yeah, it's not necessarily reality, is it? No, exactly. And that's one of the wonderful things about World Ballet Day, for yeah. example. You know, you get to, I think a lot of people have some have a, a certain idea of, of ballet in general mm. because they come to see a performance and they see the final product, but they don't necessarily, they, they never really get to see what goes on behind closed doors. So obviously, you know, any, any intense, profession uh and sport is competitive because yeah. that's you know that's the nature of the game that's the nature of any game yeah but it is not it's it's definitely not you know what people uh perceive it to be and um and i think because because no one really gets to see the back the backstage of it it seems a little bit inaccessible so yeah they think it's super cutthroat um across the board but in reality, uh, you know, it's an extremely fun and nourishing environment. And that's the great thing that you see through World Ballet Day. It gives you access into our lives and into our families because that's really what they are. Mm. You know, whether you're in Australia, whether you're in London, whether you're in the States, whether you're in, in Asia, no matter what, you're in, a, you know, the ballet company, that is your family because that's where you spend all your time. And, um, and that's one of the, you know, the things that I love about World Ballet Day is, yeah. uh, is the chance to kind of break that barrier between viewer and dancer or between audience and performer. And um, it shows you kind of uh, what we kind of what we train for every yeah. single day. I agree. I think, you know, being able to see 
artists as as people, as humans, you know. <laughs> you exactly. Know, and be able to sort of strip away the, the beautiful makeup and the gorgeous tutus and, you know, the yep. pristine point shoes and actually see the, the hard work, the dedication, but also, yes. you know, see, see the dancers, see, see you having some fun as well, you know, amongst exactly. all of that hard exactly. work. Exactly. Yeah, the interactions between the dancers, I find that's one of the most exciting and fun yeah. things to see. You know, not not just my own interactions with my fellow dancers, but also you know you you see it with in other companies as well, and and um, it's it's kind of the it's a support system, you know. Yeah. And with a, with a profession that is so difficult, like dance, mm. um, mentally and physically, yeah, so strenuous. It's a really wonderful thing to see people, you know, being able to laugh and to to really enjoy their days, to enjoy this, this you know, this, this art form, and um, and uh, you see the struggles of it, and you yeah. see the difficulties of it, but you also see the other side, which is, um, uh, you know, the family side of it. And with you know potentially you know millions of people tuning in on World Ballet Day. Does it yes, give you a yes. sense of um, like that you're on stage or, you know, do you feel a bit of extra pressure or do you just, you know, go through your day as normal? You know, we, we just go through our day as normal actually, because um, at, at the opera house, we all, we often have, you know, people coming in tours mm. to watch and we're mm -hmm. performing all the time. So that's just part of our every day. But, but what, when, you know, you're in the studio and you have all the cameras on, you know, on the class or on the rehearsal, it's, uh, it almost, it makes you very proud because um, it kind of, you know, the, the, the world now is, is very, it, it's digital and, and yeah. people can binge watch shows on Netflix or mm -hmm. Amazon. And that's exactly what, what they're doing with us, you know, with, yeah. with dance is, they're, they have a day of, of binge watching dance and it's like watching a TV show basically <laughs> all, you know, on, on your computer or on your, your, your phone or your iPad. And that's a very cool, a, a very cool um, idea to grasp as a dancer, because, you know, we're not movie stars. We're not celebrities. We're not any of that. Um, you know, and we're not, uh, you know, you have huge football stars or mm. huge, um, uh, you know, tennis stars yeah. are what we do is very behind the scenes. So mm. for this to happen is a, is a, is a, is a wonderful uh, push forward, I think for our art form. And um, I think it, the, the Royal Opera House is very good at kind of pushing dance forward into, um, into new, into the new age and, and getting an honest view mm. and exciting view mm. of what we do. So I think that's uh, as, as a as a dancer on World Ballet Day, um, it's it, it's a it's a great it's a great aspect of um, of the day. And I remember my very first World Ballet Day, I was uh, doing a rehearsal for Alice in Wonderland, I think. And um, the very next day, so I think we we had re rehearsal on the Friday, World Ballet Day was on the Friday, and then that next day on Saturday matinee was my debut in Alice. Mm. So it was like two days of of um, of just, it, it was like the World Ballet Day was my little prep for my debut the next day, and um, like a warm up <laughs> performance for like your a, yeah, debut it was like performance. A stage warm up for my debut performance, and uh, I remember, you know, at the end of the at the end, very end of the rehearsal, um, 
Chris and Jackie who were taking the rehearsals, we were working on a quite a difficult step uh, mm-hmm. from one of the solos and um and it's that it was a step that always felt kind of hit or miss and I fell over a few times and then I ended up getting it, you know, I, I, I found the feeling and I found mm. the step and and I remember Chris said, All right, three of those tomorrow, please. Do it <laughs> perfectly and then we're good and I thought, Okay. There, there it is. That's, um, that's, that's the, you know, that's exactly what we do. We, that's real we, life. People saw the journey. People saw the journey of, you know, not getting it and then mm. getting it, knowing what the final result should be. And then knowing that that's what I had to do in my show the next day. And I love that. You know, I love that, that backstage process that people get to see. Absolutely. And must, tell us about how, or the feeling of your debut performance in the principal role in Alice in Wonderland. Oh my goodness. That was, um, yeah, that was pretty amazing. Uh, I was 19 at the time and it was my first principal role with the company. And Alice is, uh, you know, it's, it's a very, very big role to tackle, yeah. not just technically and, um, but also, uh, you know, mentally as well, because yeah. you have to be a character. You have to really inhabit that character for three hours and, Alice is on stage for a lot of the time, you know, it's, you know, the ballet's about her, so she's on stage for most of the time. So that, you know, it was, um, it was a huge, it was a huge responsibility and it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a big day for me. And I, I can remember being on stage with the support. I could feel the support all around from, mm. from all of my colleagues from beginning to end of the show. And um, that's a feeling that you you never forget. You mm-hmm. can't really you can't really capture it in a bottle. You know you can't explain it as as you can articulate it as well as you as as you'd like because um, you know when you're performing, it's not just about you. You know it's filled with looks from uh, from the other characters and contact with your other with your partners and. And with everybody on that stage, it's it's your interaction with all of them, and that is what um, I'm so proud of in in this company. And that is what one of the the things that I think our company is is known for, as well as the obviously the the, the physical um, quality and the the, the standard mm. of dance, but also the standard of um, of the tradition of acting in yeah, the company, the artistry in yeah. that, that, that artistry in that, that, uh, acting tradition, um, from, you know, the, the, the principal, principal dancer to, um, you know, the newest member of the company, they all, you see, you get that history from watching, uh, the older company members and the people who have done the ballets before and the staff at the, at the front of the room, they care just as much about how you point your foot as how you react to someone when they're telling a story or how you act when you're telling a story. And that, that all encompassing idea, I think is what creates uh, the Royal Ballet. And I think from an audience perspective, when you're at, you know, in the Royal Opera House or wherever the Royal Ballet is performing when they're on tour, for example, but particularly in the Opera House in London, you can feel that as an audience member, um, exactly as yeah. you're saying there, not just technique, but the artistry and the acting being as equally exactly. as important. And you really do feel it. You really, really do. Even when you are in the cheap seats at the, you know, 
19 pounds or the five pounds standing ones, <laughs> you know, you can still feel it that, that high up, <laughs> which yeah. is quite yeah. amazing. I mean, you talked there about, you know, some of the newest members in the company. You've risen through the ranks from artist to soloist to first soloist. Um, how has that journey um, with this, as you say, wonderfully supportive um, company that you've described? And I have to say, in sort of, you know, the day and age and, you know, the things that uh, the dance industry is facing, it is so wonderful to hear um, such a, a positive um, sort of uh, description of company culture. Um, but your, tell us about your own sort of that journey through the company. And you're only 25, so your journey is, you know, Goodness me, there's still so much of it to go. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I, I remember my very first day in the company, actually. I remember my very first class in the company um, as a member and my very first rehearsal. Uh, Tell us about those. So one of the first rehearsals um, was that season we were starting with, I think, Sylvia and oh, we start with Onyegin and then we mm-hmm. were also rehearsing Sylvia. Um, those were some of the rehearsals I had my very first few days and, uh, and you know, which are completely different ballets. Um, so a, a lot of the, most of the dancers, um, had done bo- both of those ballets before. So I was really learning things from scratch. And I remember one of my first rehearsals of Sylvia, I had to, I think someone was injured and I was covering that spot. So I had to go in with you know, having, you know, when you first join a company, you don't, you never really know how things work. You yeah. don't know the ins and outs of, 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 of rehearsal life and, of, and how rehearsals are taken and how they work. But all of a sudden I found out that I had to go in um, after having watched whatever uh, I think we were doing the spring couples. And, um, and it was, you know, but that can be that can be very intimidating because there were only four girls dancing, and um, I had to go in and kind of show my stuff somehow, and uh, hard not really knowing the choreography because you're just getting a feel for things and mm-hmm. everyone else knows it, and that was you know the first example of people taking care of each other really, yeah, um, because the all the girls that I was dancing with helped me all throughout. Uh, the rehearsal, you know, they were telling me um, where to go or if I was on the wrong leg or they were just incredibly supportive. And that's the type of energy that gives you energy, you know, that gives you um, that feeling of being uh, being able to, to, to dance, to dance without having any inhibitions. And if you go wrong, you go wrong. But, you know, no one will judge you. No one will. Um, they'll just help you out. And um and that challenge of kind of having to stay on your toes in case anyone went off, mm. that's something that lasts throughout your whole career. I mean, you kind of have to be ready for anything in this career, but especially, you know, when you first join a company, you have to be ready to go, uh, to go in in any spot, really. So that little challenge that always having to kind of know your stuff, that really excited me. So I love that little pressure of, of, um, you know, if I had to fill in for someone last minute, I I really uh, I really got excited by you know the fact that I had to I had to really be on my on my um, on my my best foot, and I had to I had to know what I was doing and be prepared. And that's the type of thing that just prepares you for um, for anything really, because 
it's quite daunting to have to go on last minute, you know, yeah. in, in a performance, not just a rehearsal, but in a performance. So I remember that day very, very well. And then, um, and then I remember switching to Onyegin, which is a, it's a beautiful story ballet. And, uh, and that was where I saw the storytelling um, in the company. And sorry, that, yeah. no, no, continue. I, I was, I was just going to ask you um, another question, but I, I want to sort of hear you talk more about this beautiful ballet. Oh yeah, so I, I remember the first scene that we were working on was a dream scene. Onyegin is kind of is thinking about um, Tatiana and all of these. Uh, it's kind of in the ballroom scene, and all of these he's passing these women all through his hands and. And he has to be uh, not really even paying attention to them. They're almost like spirits kind of floating around him. But he's really thinking about Tatiana. And um, and all, I, was, I noticed all of the, the women, how they um, had changed. Because before that, we have this little, we have a, ball, a, a ballroom dance that's very, uh, it's like a processional almost. It's. It's, everyone's in their place and it's very formal and it's like a waltz and, and, and you have to really, you know, be very strict with what you're doing and the way you hold yourself with your man. And then, so I, what really struck me was the, what the beautiful difference that I saw with the women from how they changed from that formal, um, almost regimental feel to then turning into those spirits floating around mm. Onyegin. And um, I really, I don't know why, but I, you know, I, I was, I was one of those people and I learned a lot from that. You know, I learned a lot from, from that quick change and from uh, kind of, you see how, how the, the, the whole energy of a room shifts depending on um, what you're dancing and, and, uh, what scene it is and what the feel is. I loved seeing that very quick shift from everybody in the company and being a part of that. Um, I just, that stuck, that stuck for me. And that's the type of feeling that has lasted every day, you know, every day. And thinking of that feeling, like what is it that you love the most about dancing? Um, if you could choose... Yeah, that's that's a hard question, obviously, because there mm. there are so many aspects to dance. Um, but one of the, I think, being in this company, one of the things that has um, that that always actually it makes me quite emotional mm -hmm. uh, when I you know when I think about it, and and even being on stage is um, that feeling of never be never feeling more alive than you are in any given moment on stage with everyone around you uh it's it's like a it's a real spark that happens in your body and all of your synapses that you know all mm. of your nerves all of every part of you is so alert and so alive and especially when you have to inhabit another character one of the things that i love is that the steps somehow make more sense. You know, for example, in Macmillan Ballet, the pure genius of showing emotion and showing real character and uh, showing real relationships through steps. You know, it's, 
it, it comes to life and it makes everything, every, whether it's a transition step or a pirouette or a balance, you find a story in all of those steps when you're, um, when you're performing these roles and when you're inhabiting another character. And it makes, you know, the technique of it or the technique of whatever you're dancing, um, it almost makes everything feel easier in a way, even though it's not easy and it's extremely difficult. But when you have to uh, tell that story, that that mix of of um, you know whatever's in your heart having to come out through your own movement and through the music, it it makes it all come together at the same time. And you have people reacting to you, and you have to react to people in live time. And that's something that never ever ever will get old. I think that will never get old. I can imagine. And you mentioned, you know, some wonderful ballets and some wonderful roles and some incredible um, creators. Do you have a, a favourite role or roles and why? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, so um, obviously Alice was Alice will always hold a very special place in my heart because that was one of the first um, roles that I did. But shortly after that I performed uh, – very last minute, actually, I stepped into the principal role of Prince of the Pagoda, with Princess Rose, mm -hmm. um, with very, very little time to rehearse. And it was a three-act ballet and a very difficult one as well. Yeah. And that was, uh, it's the Macmillan Ballet, and the, it hadn't been brought back to the to the company in a very long time. They hadn't performed it. Um, and I hadn't been to that many rehearsals because I, I was covering the role, but I was always double booked. So... I didn't have that many chances to get to rehearsal, but um, I found out quite late that I, you know, what I was going to be performing it, and I only had about three weeks to to prepare for before opening before my my debut, and um, you know, I that was I remember being coached one on one by Monica Mason on Jubilee Day. Actually, no uh -huh. one was in, but she came in especially Aww. to rehearse me because because it was going to be. Um, it was, you know, we had such a short amount of time and we spent uh, a nice hour and a half in the studio, you know, with just amazing coaching and and one-on-one -on -one time and uh, delving into the role technically and, of course, also artistically, you know, mm -hmm. character-wise. And, um, and also my partner at the time for that ballet was uh, Ryoichi Hirano, who was also stepping in at the last minute because of, of an injury someone else had an injury and I was so well taken care of I will never forget that and we've danced together a lot since then but he I knew that even if I didn't know the step for example he would be there for me no matter what and he was so gracious such a gracious partner and such a such a wonderful energy to have in the studio and I will never forget that I will never forget mm. that experience and that all you know came together on stage and and I remember being on stage and, um, you know, doing a variation and having I mean, my friends on the sidelines, they were watching me and in support of me. And, and they were so um, just, they were, they would smile at me if I walked past them, you know, in the variation. And those are little moments that, um, you know, that you just don't forget. So that was, that was definitely a, a, a highlight for me. Also, um, Sugar Plum Fairy, which I debuted two years ago, actually, which mm -hmm. is like, you know, the quintessential yeah. to classical role. It's like a gem in the Royal Ballet crown as well. 
And um, I had seen so many sugar plums, you know, from when I first joined the company. So many beautiful, beautiful sugar plums and beautifully executed sugar plums. So, you know, you think about how difficult it is, even though it looks quite simple. Yeah. But it's a very, you know, it's notorious for it, for stamina-wise and um, and just you have to be this very pristine um, it, it reminds me of glass almost that, that role. It's just because it is so delicate and so pure and so clean and clear cut. But at the same time, you have to have that wonderful power within you to execute it. You know, mm. you have to have those steely, that steely footwork. And, um, so that was my first time working on, a, uh, on, on, you know, such a quintessential classical role in the studio. And our coach was, um, who, he's our current uh, rehearsal director is Christopher Saunders and uh, Darcy Bustle was actually coaching me as well for that. Wonderful. So it was, I had a wonderful team with me in there and I just, between the two of them, because, you know, Darcy is, she's a, uh, she, she, she performed the role. So of course she, she, she knew the ins and outs of, of it, whether it be, for um, how you portray the Sugar Plum Fairy or how you step onto point in this one section or, um, you know, how you hold your head or hold your arm. or uh, She was so, so invested in those details, which, you know, when you think about it, that really is what makes the piece. Um, and then we had Christopher Saunders, who's not only a wonderful coach in terms of um, all those things that I just described, but also partnering-wise, he was an incredible partner. So, um he was also instrumental in helping you know, Nicole Edmonds and I, who was my partner, uh, kind of get the pot de deux all gelled and smooth. And, um, you know, I remember if anything wasn't working, he would kind of step in and show Nicole uh, little tricks or how things would, what would make the line look better or why something wasn't working. And I remember him partnering me and it was always just so secure. And I thought, wow, you know, this is just literally you know, hand, hand me down information that is, mm. that's exactly what you do this for, you know, to be in the studio with a team like that and to be getting firsthand information from people who have done these roles. And, and, um, it was, uh, it was just a, a, a perfect, uh, a perfect journey for me. And, um, not only that, but Chris Saunders and Darcy were, they had been in the company together and, they had all these old stories and all these old inside jokes. And it was just really fun to be in the studio with them because it was very lighthearted. You know, the process was obviously, it's hard. The, you know, getting a role on like that is very difficult, but they made it such fun to be in the studio. We would have laughs and laughs and laughs and they would, you know, show things together. He would, he would uh, partner her and she would hold a balance and they would laugh about it because she still, you know, she still got it. And, it was just a wonderful experience. So, yeah. That does sound quite like wonderful, but also so fascinating to listen to telling and retelling those stories from the, yeah. the moments, those, those very special moments. So will ballet day Actually, comes ahead of, Oh no, go on, please. Oh, sorry. Just one more. And then, uh, you know, uh, one more, just, I remember this experience was phenomenal for all of us, um, was being involved in Hope S. Schechter's, uh, Untouchables. Oh, yes, please talk that about was, that because uh, he's one of my favorite um, choreographers. Yeah. And it's one of my so favorite actually, pieces. 
it's um we revisited that last season actually yeah. and you know that was the ballet that was everyone was stripped of rank really it was we went in there knowing that this was a group piece and it was going to be a massive army of strong dancers across the board that we were all going to have to work together and feel each other you know it wasn't mm. about you it wasn't about how you were obviously you know you have to execute the, the steps but it was about the the connection between all of us the gel between all of us and i think one of the most fascinating things was um before hofesh even started creating we workshopped with him for a bit where we had to kind of we were in socks so we had to learn his style we had to completely re, uh, relearn dance in a way we had to learn a completely different style and um we had to get very grounded, very low to the floor. Everything was in parallel and the total opposite of what we've been, you know, you're taught as a dancer. We had to hunch our backs and be, um, you know, turned in and very low to the ground mm -hmm. and rolling around. And, you know, the it had to be a seamless liquid, uh, almost like Cassie like feeling in our bodies, you know, to get even from the floor to standing. It was so not straightforward, you know, it had to be, it had to look completely seamless. And I remember watching Hofesh and all of us watching Hofesh and his, um, some of his dancers who were there helping. We were in awe, completely in awe by the movement of, uh, of these dancers. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, and, he would explain to us what he wanted and then we would try it and it, you know, we would see it on him and then we would try it ourselves and it just wasn't, you know, at the beginning it wasn't working because we were, it was still so foreign to our bodies. Yeah. And, um, but slowly but surely, and we all saw this and the dancers that we went in as were completely different to the dancers that we came out as. I mean, wow. we literally watched each other turn into, well, a Hofesh dancer, you know, and that was one of the most uh, incredible things to witness, not only to experience because I was in the piece, but also to see my friends performing and re even just rehearsing like rock stars. I mean, it was unbelievable to this amazing percussive uh, Middle Eastern music that Hofesh had created himself. And um, we we turned into, it was like a school of fish, really. Anywhere one person went, we all followed. And we learned to really listen to each other without talking, obviously. We learned to, to look and listen with our bodies in a very different way. And that's, a, that's an experience and a product that I will always be, you know, so, so proud to have seen and to have been a part of, you know. And very grateful. I, I saw I saw that at the Opera House, and I still remember. Oh, you did? Okay. oh, of course, of course. And I still remember because not only as I say, he's I, I love his work so much, and um, of yeah. course his dances. But to see his work on on the Royal Ballet was, and yeah. on your bodies was uh, was quite a, quite an experience to even watch it. And you could really sense that you, as a as a a company, you really somehow emotionally really under, became to understand the, the movement and really enjoyed it on almost some sort of um, very deep level. There, and it obviously yeah. requires so much of you physically and emotionally. But it just yeah. seemed to, it was so unbelievably powerful. I'll never forget it.
It was amazing. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad to hear that. I'm so glad to hear that. So speaking of roles, um, the World Ballet Day comes ahead of the um, new your new season. What are you dancing coming up over the next season? So um, so far, we not not that much has uh, has come out in terms of casting for the whole season. But um, right now, I'm working on uh, Mitzi Casper in Myerling, mm-hmm. which I performed two seasons ago. Which is um, she is kind of the the lead. Uh, Rudolph Meiling's lead mistress in Act Two, and she has this really beautiful um, sensual solo that she does, which is uh, quite it's it's slow and seductive. And then she changes the mood, and she has this very very fast explosive dance. It's just one girl, which is her and her the four officers, and then Rudolph uh, joins in as well a little bit. And it starts off with her in the middle and surrounded by all of her men and there she is kind of leading the pack with this great music and um it's this is one of my favorite roles actually um that i've done is mitzi casper so i'm uh it's i'm really looking forward to revisiting that actually i had a rehearsal um a few days ago with my uh all my four men it was one of our first rehearsals and we just had a great time you know it's very difficult uh partnering wise you know the maneuvers are very difficult because it's one girl and four guys maneuvering you very quickly um you know at high high speeds and and tough tough uh tough footwork and arm work but we had a great time and um yeah it's just it's so i'm really looking forward to to revisiting that one so I performed that at the end of October, and then we have Bayadere coming up, in which um we are you know that's a that's a big company ballet. Yeah. So, um, uh, I'll be doing one of the three shades and uh, the top uh, pod action and um, a lot of different things in that, which is you know Bayadere is a classic. It's a wonderful. Mm, absolutely. And I remember doing Bayadere. Um, we did it about six years ago in the company, actually, or seven or five years ago. So, um, you know, I'm a completely different dancer now and a different rank now. So it's, uh, it's just a wonderful, it's nice to revisit this mm-hmm. uh, ballet in, as like a different person, you know, that's always a great thing. Um, and then I'll be doing Sugar Plum Fairy again, uh, which of course I'm looking forward to. And I'll also be revisiting The Two Pigeons. Oh, lovely. Did, um, yeah, which we did about, I think, three or four years ago, which I absolutely love. You know, it's my first principal role in Ashton Ballet. And um, I worked on that with one of our um, our uh, uh, ballet masters or our um, repetitors, Christopher Carr, who, um, you know, the ballet hadn't been done here in ages. And he completely, uh, he restaged this ballet from zero, basically. He did an incredible job um, putting this ballet on. And, um, and it's such a fun heartwarming yeah. ballet sweet. that is also yeah. very, you know, it's very sweet, but also very serious at the same time. And, mm. and that took me on a, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed um, working on that ballet because obviously I had always wanted to do, you know, a principal role in, a, in a, an Ashton ballet. And I really got to inhabit that, um, that style that, which I, you know, it's steeped in Royal Ballet tradition and history. So, um, so I learned, uh, I learned a lot from that, which is all very quick footwork and it's quite a difficult role, you know, 
But uh, it took me on a really beautiful um, emotional journey as well, because she starts out as a, new, a little nuisance, you know, quite a, a young girl mm-hmm. who's uh, bothering her, her love interest. And she's a she's kind of a pain, really. <laughs> she's um, and then you see her kind of transform from that into a into, you know, he wants her back at the end. He's, he's, he's in love with her and he's the one that's very. Um, you, you know, she, she becomes very vulnerable and he leaves her for another person and then comes back and is very sorry and to this beautiful, beautiful music. And, mm. um, and that was a wonderful, wonderful little, uh, emotional journey that I remember, um, really connecting with at the time. So I can't wait to perform that again. I can't wait to perform that again. So, um, yeah, that's coming up as well. So um, you're only 25, as we've mentioned, and uh, you're our first soloist, but you've been performing some principal um, roles already and for, for quite some time, actually. Um, yes. But are there roles or that you obviously would love to dance um, in the future or specific goals that you currently have that you're working towards for the future? Sort of what's your vision? Oh, oh yeah. Um, I mean, there are a number of, of- of dream roles, of course. Mm. You know, um, for example, um, Manon and and Juliet and yeah. those, those those you know big um, those McMillan ballets that uh, are obviously have been they're they're coveted worldwide, and you know those are the prime examples of, of ballets where you become you you properly get into that world when you're dancing on uh, that choreography, mm. you know, and they're, um, that storytelling at its finest, I think, really, um, you know, Shakespeare and Macmillan, I mean, you can't really go wrong with that. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, for, you know, that, that's for Juliet, for example, and then uh, yeah. something like Manon, a role like Manon, which I've yeah. covered. Um, and last year I performed the role of mistress, which is another one of my favorite roles, actually. So I got to learn Manon and perform the role of mistress, which are two very, you know, they're very different roles. Yeah. Uh, um, dancing wise, but also um, uh, character wise. So I got, um, I got the two, op- uh, you know, opposing um, experiences in that, which was just wonderful. Um, and of course, you know, ballets like Giselle mm-hmm. and um, the quintessential uh, classical roles, Giselle and um, Aurora, I'd love to do. Yeah. Um, there, uh, you know, which give you, a, you know, a, a different, uh, a completely different vibe, obviously, as opposed to um, uh, roles like Juliet or Manon, yeah. but equally as as rewarding and equally as difficult, you know. So. Yeah, lots, lots. Obviously, as you say, the coveted roles, the the, the big roles yeah. that um, every ballerina, and, of course, yeah. dreams and, of and dancing. And many more, but y- you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's exactly right. Um, my um, my my final question to you is, um, you know, as uh, you're, uh, you're only really in the middle of your career here, but. Um, what advice would you have for future ballerinas who are sort of listening to to your experience of working in one of the you know the finest companies in the world yeah. what what advice do you have for them you know i think um as you know when you're training and when you are looking up to 
um, these dancers and you see dancers in companies and you 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 feel the daily grind of of the difficulties of dance life and you also see the you know the products of uh, the beauty of it all and and the what you want you know what that's the, what the goal is um you know uh on a day-to-day basis how hard it is right mm-hmm. you know um that it's it's a it's a physical process it's a mental process and it's very cutthroat um that you know especially in, when you're training and everyone wants to get into a company. Yeah. Um, I think one of the most important things that sometimes people forget is to remember to, to, to never get too serious about, um, about yourself. Obviously be serious about what you do, but the moment you lose, the moment you lose um, any of your sense of humor or your sense of, of lightheartedness or the reason why you love you do what you do then then that's where things can get a bit cloudy you know because the day-to-day str- uh, struggles are they're hard they're hard yeah. so i think if you can bring that light quality to your day every day somehow whether it's you know um with your friends or or through your own um you know little things that you do if you can keep that levity and keep that that fun that is the most important thing because that's uh i think that will always give you the motivation that will always give you the motivation to to do it and to always to to also remember to to really um to to understand that you know whether you're in training or whether you're in a company that that whatever work you're doing that's where the real journey is you know, so you always think that there's a finished product, but it's actually the present. What you're doing right now is is um, is that hard work, you know, and real knowing that it is what it is, that that hard work will always be there. But that is exactly you train hard so you can live, you know, you can live in yeah. your art. And um, and I think that's always uh, an important thing to remember. So combining those two, combining that that really hard work, but also remembering to never stop laughing never stop having a good time i think oh that's wonderful and i can imagine we'll be seeing both of those elements um when we all tune in for world ballet day and see you all doing your morning class um and going through your rehearsals (laughs) (laughs) um so so much looking forward to that thank you so much for um taking the time out of your crazy schedule to, to talk with me today i'm so excited to watch World Ballet Day and to see you um, behind the scenes. And for listeners, for listeners, you can watch the Royal Ballet's live stream on their Facebook page, but uh, also don't forget to get ready with the hashtag World Ballet Day. And for more information about what's happening at the Royal Opera House or the other companies, check out worldballetday.com or the Royal Opera House website and socials. And um, check out as well Beatrice's beautiful Instagram. Um, I've been going through it. Clearly, um, you have Beatrice, a love of fashion. I'm I'm loving many of your outfits. Thank you. <laughs> I have to say but that could be an entirely long conversation just between between us on this. Um, uh, so follow Beatrice um, at and I'll I'll spell this out because it's not just her name at b s t i x underscore b r u n e double l. So at b sticks underscore brunel. 
Thank you so much, Beatrice. Don't forget to subscribe. We've got some incredible interviews coming up with principal ballerinas and renowned choreographers. We love dance and ballet, and we hope you'll love us. Join us on Facebook and Twitter.